This is Dr. Ward Bond's Life-Changing Wellness. Life-Changing Wellness. Here's Dr. Ward Bond. I'm Dr. Ward Bond, and I welcome you to Life-Changing Wellness. This week's episode is brought to you by Bayleaf Sports Activewear. Bayleaf Sports gives you today's new apparel technology for those of you into running, cycling, yoga, swimming, hiking, or even working out at the gym. High quality at affordable prices, making you look great, so use my code, Dr. Bond, and receive 15% off anytime you order from Bayleaf Sports. Go to bayleaf.com, that's B-A-L-E-A-F.com. Now before we begin, please head over to iTunes after the interview with my guest today, rate and review the show for me, and I thank you ahead of time for making our show great. Well, my guest this week is country music recording artist, J.D. Shelburne. He gives us the best of both worlds. He rocks a crowd like nobody's business and pulls at your heartstrings with ballads that cut to the core of life and love. J.D.'s does both. More than 200 times a year in venues ranging from packed clubs to huge festivals, and he has opened up for Miranda Lambert, Craig Morgan, Chris Young, Marty Stewart, Jamie Johnson, and even Montgomery Gentry, and including sharing the stage with over 50 national acts. J.D. has logged over 2,500 performances to date, and today we discuss his new single, Church Pew Barstool, one of my favorite new songs of the year and upcoming new album, which is out now straight from Kentucky. So let's welcome J.D. Shelburne. Hey, how's it going? Hey, buds. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to doing this and, and chatting with you. Oh, absolutely. Let me ask you something. I want to kind of step back in time for a moment and tell us what happened when you turned 19 years old and your grandmother passed away. Well, you know, I, I grew up in a small town in Kentucky, um, a little town called Taylorsville. Grew up playing sports, and uh, that was pretty much my life as a kid growing up. Never, never listened to me. I mean, I never played music, listened to music a lot. Uh, my mom sang in the church choir, uh, but when my grandmother passed away, I was a freshman in college. I just moved away from home and uh, lived in a dorm room, and I came home for her funeral. And uh, like anybody would do, you kind of go through your grandma's belongings in the house. You split them between the family. What are you going to do next? And I come across an acoustic guitar that she had stashed away in her closet, and um, a light bulb kind of went off, and it, um, I took ended up taking it back to college with me and and uh, teaching myself to play over the course of about about a year. And uh, things kind of started progressing, and that's kind of where my story started. Well, I read where when you came home, uh, your dad had the keys to the church, and you would go inside an empty church, and you were really kind of, I guess, stepping out in faith, kind of training your, your voice and all of your skills, just being there alone. What was that like? I mean, I, it was a, a great advantage. Uh, you know, I was a small town kid. My dad was a deacon of the church. So he had keys, like you said, to the church. And so they had a beautiful sanctuary. They still do to this day. It's, you know, PA system. And I could go in there and plug my guitar and mic and just play all night long. And when your dad has keys to the church and you, you have access to that for free. And, you know, I, I didn't really know how important that was in my career early on until, until later on in my career when I realized that's really where I taught myself to sing and learn pitch and melody and singing into a microphone. I really learned how to project into a microphone and, in an empty church, you know, there's, you know, acoustics and there's great reverb. And, and I was on stage in a spot. It was just a really cool advantage to have that most kids and artists that myself didn't have growing up. And uh, I learned a lot, you know, and that's in that church. And matter of fact, I went back home this weekend to Kentucky to visit my folks. And uh, I went to church, that same church that, that Sunday. And as I sat in the pews, I still think about those days, looking back, sitting in an empty church, teaching myself songs and, and wondering if I'd ever, if I'd ever get farther than my hometown. And, and sure enough, it happened. Thanks to the good Lord. 
Well, you know, being 19, 20 years old, isn't that kind of late starting a, or getting into music? When did you actually get discovered? Well, you know, I, I taught myself to play in college at about 19. Um, I really didn't think I would do anything, uh, you know, other than playing in my dorm and in my apartment. I lived in a dorm and then the next year I lived in an apartment with some college friends and that kind of escalated to playing, you know, as friends would come over for the weekend or we throw little parties at our house. We, I would just sit around and play guitar. And then as, as I started playing every, every week, you know, every month or whatever, uh, I felt like I got better to learn more songs. And then I started meet people that worked at, uh, you know, bars that worked at events and they would hire me. And, um, that's when I realized, man, like this is, man, this is, this started out as a hobby, but maybe it can be a profession. I was making money and uh, it was easy money. Easiest money I ever made was playing guitar and singing in a microphone and entertaining people. I didn't think you should get paid for it because it's, it's just, I had such a love for it and such a knack for, for wanting to play that it just came naturally. And, you know, over the course of, from about 2002 to about 04, uh, I really, you know, uh, played a lot of local shows. I did a lot of open mics for free just to get out there and get in front of people. I felt practice was everything. And if I could get in front of people to play and I just loved it. And uh, those things kind of escalated to, you know, people finding out who I finding out, you know, back home that I played, they'd hire me for their events. And I can't tell you how many times I played events for people that were running for the mayor, for, for the police, for the sheriff, for the police. I mean, I played for them all, but you know, I loved it. And that's kind of where I got my start. Well, there's nothing wrong playing for the dog catcher. I've heard those stories too. <laughs> hey, as long as they're paying, I'm playing, man. <laughs> well, what you know, what really drew you to playing that guitar that you found at your grandmother's house? I think it was just you know I always had a little knack for music for singing because I would sing to the radio and I felt like I would always sing on pitch. And I tell you another thing that I always thought that that really stood out to me was if you gave me an album back when I was a kid. I could pick the singles off that album before the radio even had them. And I just, I don't it's like, I felt like I had an ear for a good song and I, you know, combine all those things. And, and I love just learning songs. And, and though I got to say the girls loved it, but all the girls in college, they loved it. So they'd come over and they'd all want to hear me play and sing. And the little things like that all kind of into one shell, man, really kind of molded me to, to, to give it more of a thought rather than just a hobby. And, um, you know, when I realized that I could actually make a little money as a kid, college kid, because, you know, in college, you, don't, you know, we're all broke, you know, and, and trying to make ends meet. And um, it, it would help me give a little extra spending money. And I just loved it. And uh, the more I played, the more people I met. And uh, I just found that is a very rewarding. I just lo love the climb, the slow climb of trying to get to the next level. Each each month I'd find, man, I wish I could play that show. Then I'd get that show. And then I'd hear a big event across town and I'd want to get play that. Then I'd get that six months down the road. So each year I would just climb a little bit farther up. And I just love that motivation of trying to get to the next level. And it's just that's that's kind of where I got started. Well, how did you get discovered and then end up with uh, having a record deal? Well, I just, you know, just I play so many shows. I, you know, I started out. That's really all I, I started from just touring and meeting fans. You know, I didn't really have anybody in my family that played music, I, you know, my dad wasn't a star, you know, you know, I didn't come from a family that, that was just going to throw me a million bucks in, in the back pocket and say, go to Nashville and buy your way in. I didn't have that. And, uh, I just like to play shows. And so I've been really the artist that's been known just to tour. And, uh, I've played so many shows and built such a great fan base that I feel like that's how I got in the door, you know? Wow. And, uh, I, I can't tell you how many hands I've, sh I've shaked and, and have people I've talked to that's told me their music has touched their lives. And, you know, um, uh, you fast forward, that was in 2002 when I discovered guitar. I moved to Nashville in 2008. And when I got to Nashville, that's when things really started to happen. I really started getting better, better, better gigs, better players. 
Um, and I really started, you know, kind of making a name for myself all on my own. And well, uh, that's that started from just burning the pavement up and playing shows. Well, you know, I love the story because I love it when people put in that hard work. It's you know, it, and hard work is especially in the music business is everything is a step of faith. And you don't know where it's going to lead to. You, you you pray for the right connections. You know, someone like you didn't buy their way in. And I'm not going to say that's bad. You know, there may be some good artists that do that. And there may be some we may know that are not that great. But I, I love the hard work ethic. And I think that just builds the story. And at the same time, I think it adds to the creativity and the talent to write real songs. And, and that's what I love about this brand new single of yours. When I first heard it, I actually watched the video, the music video of Church Pew Barstool. I wanted to watch it and not just hear it. And the visual of that video brings that whole song to life. So now when I listen to the song, uh, that I have it on my phone now. Uh, when I listen to it without the video, it you still remember every. It's almost like I remember every scene in that music video. So where did this where did this song "Church Pew Barstool" come from? Well, uh, my old neighbor uh, Mark Nessler, uh, who's a very um, big time songwriter in Nashville, very successful, has written you know several big hits for George Strait. Um, Keith Urban. Uh, we happened to live next door beside each other back uh, about four years ago. And uh, we became friends and uh, realized who he was. And he kind of took me under his wing and, and taught me how to uh, write a good song and helped me introduce, you know, to more of the songwriting community, uh, people that had hits, people that were very successful, that were really hard to get in the door without being, you know, knowing somebody to get you there. Oh, yeah. Mark was that guy that really, really kind of bridged the gap for me. And uh, he wrote this song and uh, he gave me a demo of a bunch of stuff when I was cutting. And the second I heard the song, I was like, gosh, man, what a powerful song. I mean, with, you know, COVID had just started and the whole pandemic was starting to shut down the country. And I was like, man, you know, so many people are, are either going to church or going to the bar. And, you know, and it's just like this song really just I just I just love the way this this song just depicted life of how people, you know, I mean, people live this song. Oh, and yeah. Yeah. I mean, I started, yeah. Well, let me let me say this, because I watched the video I think I watched the video, I know, two two times. Then I had other people, I said, hey, come into my office. I want you to watch this music video. I said, I'm going to interview this this uh, gentleman, and I want you to watch, because I was so taken back, so, and, and, and I guess so absorbed into it. But the more I watched it, and others watched it, I realized something about the video. And I love the parallel of the church and the bar because it's two places that people take their troubles to. Was that the whole idea of the song? It was. And that's why, that's why I like the song so much because it was such a true song and people can relate to it. And, you know, when I, when I first got the song and, we, and I started testing it on my Facebook lives and this was, this, this song came out. Well, I started, I recorded this song right when the pandemic just hit. So I was playing shows, but as slowly as, as the months and days went on, I was losing shows. So, I didn't really get the full effect of playing this with my band. I did a lot of acoustic shows with it and fans would just come up to me and say, man, that song you played during your set about the church, what was the name of that song? And I'm like, church people are still, and I'd played 15 songs in my set and they would always tell me this song. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to record it. I think and I was like, man, you should record that. Well, as time went on and I went to the studio to cut my record, um, I was like, you know what? This would make a great simple video. 
And so I contacted a, a company here that, uh, that shoots videos and I just, I wanted something simple. I didn't really want to borrow it. I just wanted this to be the, the focal point of the church. And um, I had played a festival last summer in Franklin, Kentucky, which is right across the state line, north of Nashville, about an hour, about 40 minutes. And uh, I got to know the lady, Amy, who's on the committee to book me. And um, Franklin's a really small, quaint little movie town. You, you would think it's a town, of a, a town out of Hollywood. It's a beautiful little town. And I knew they would have a church for this video. And so when I called Amy, I, I said, hey, I got a favor I want to ask of you. I'm going to be shooting a music video. I think CMT will add it. And I said, I'd like to shoot it if you have it. If you know anybody in your town that has a small town church. Well, in Nashville, it was like a thousand bucks to rent a church. <laughs> and I'm like, I can get a church for free in Kentucky. I'm not going to pay for a church. <laughs> yeah. And so um, she ended up uh, sending me pictures of this church, perfect church, kind of nestled in the woods. This lady owned. She let us use it for free. We went and shot about seven hours one day and uh, CMT added it. Went right to number one, man. I mean, it's just. Uh, Dream come true, man. And and the, the video, I love the song, but the video, man, is the only video I've ever watched of my own stuff that gave me cold chills. Well, and, uh, just a powerful song. Well, I want to kind of do a tease to all my viewers out there. We're going to show you the video of Church Pew Barstool, and you're going to have the same effect that I did, that JD has, and all of the fans that fell in love with this song. And, you know, it was. it's almost, I'm almost wondering, JD, what it would be like to have the same song and actually shoot it in a bar to see the parallels between the two settings but with the same words and that's a, that's a great idea yeah and then you can end up taking them and maybe blend them back and forth but here's the thing um one of the lines of that song that always sticks out to me and i'm and when i hear it the first time i literally wait to hear it a second time and that's when you sing the part where it says god is cool when I hear those three words, I'm like, if the rest of the world will just realize that God is cool. Amen, man. <laughs> you know, and, and it's that that song is is powerful in its own way, and I think it reaches, you know, everybody. I don't care if you're, you know, if you're a church goer, if you're not. I think everybody can relate to this song. Oh, you know, I I've said the same thing. I'm so glad I got to record it. Mark and Marty and Jennifer Hansen, all three wrote that song, and I, I knew it was a gem when I got it. And uh, I'm just very thankful. It's, it's helped me. Uh, it's helped me really reach a lot of fans, and uh, it's uh, looking forward to playing it. I guess this coming summer on the road once uh, once we get a, a plan well, in mind for touring. Well, uh, well, I can't wait till all of the artists get back on the road, and I'm going to be looking at your tour schedule for next year because if you come through Texas, I'm coming. <laughs> so, oh, man. I look forward know, to meeting you, man. But I want to ask you, so what, did, what was it like when you started touring and opening up for the big acts like Miranda Lambert, for example? What, did, what was that like for the first time? Well, you know, starting out as a college kid, teaching myself to play in a living room, then escalated to uh, my small town church and playing little events to 50 people. Then and gradually it'd get to 100 people. And um, it was a lot of fun and, and a lot of energy in those shows. But when I got the chance to open up for acts that I grew up listening to in front of like 10,000. I remember opening up for uh, Kelly, Pick Kelly Pickler. She had just won American Idol and, or uh, she was just, she just got off American Idol and got a deal and had, a, I think she had like a top 10 hit red high heels. Yeah. And I got a call to open up for her Derby Kentucky Derby week in the infield of Churchill Downs. And that's the, that's the track of Kentucky Derby. And that, that was, a, that was a huge stepping stone for me because I had just played 
little college bars, the half half capacity. And then I got this show with her in my hometown, infield of Derby, Derby week in front of about 40,000 people. It was an adrenaline rush like you could never imagine. And, you know, I've, I've been able to open for some of my heroes in front of crowds that were just – it was they were so loud you couldn't even hear – you could barely hear yourself in the ears. I mean, I, I've been there and, and experienced so many great events opening for my heroes. And, uh, you know, there's nothing like going to a show – where the crowd doesn't know who you are when you step on that stage, but when they leave, but when you step off the stage, it's like they're they're chanting you. They want more, you know. They come back to your merch table and buy your merch, and it's just, it's really cool to make fans in a thirty minute time slot. That you know, obviously, I'm doing something right if I can step on a stage where no one knows my name and sell my merch the second I'm done because they like my songs and they they were able to t- determine if they like my music or not within a thirty minute time sec time sec. So you know, I I went through that a lot and uh, was very blessed to get to do a lot of great shows. Well, let me let me ask you this because you brought up Churchill Downs. I've been there. It's it's such an amazing place. What is this story that I hear that you have have or had some outfits displayed at Churchill Downs? What's that all about? Well, uh, I tell you a, a cool story. I actually proposed to my wife on the Kentucky Derby red carpet on television. Uh, <laughs> that that was uh, kind of a big moment for me. Uh, but um, I do the, I go back home to the Derby every year. It's it's uh, close to my hometown and. Um, every year I get to do the red carpet and, I'm, and you know, the first year I got invited to do the red carpet, I don't think very many people knew who I was. So I was thinking one day, I said, I've got to do something. I've got to wear some kind of outfit where it would grab people's attention. Cause I knew I was going to be, uh, you know, talking to the media, you know, some people knew who I was, not, not a lot of people did. And I'm like, I want to find some way that I can get people to ask me, who is this guy? Well, I was always a big fan of Porter Wagner's jackets growing up. I loved his nudie suits. My grandfather talked about them. I saw it on country music shows. And I, I had a, um, the very first year I went to Macy's and bought a white coat and I ended up getting on Google and finding some rose patches because Derby is officially called the run for the roses. Right. And I had this coat that was custom designed with rhinestones and I cut out roses and they had, I had them sewn on with my friend and she put rhinestones all over it. It was the baddest coat you ever seen. <laughs> I still have it. And I worked to Derby that year, and I'm telling you, I had so many interviews. And I, David Letterman's intern interviewed me. Um, I interviewed with so many big, big time media outlets, and it was all because of that jacket. And every year since, I, I've designed a different coat. It's just been a kind of a tradition for me and my wife. And so, uh, my Churchill Downs called me one day and says, "We'd like to feature your outfits on display." And so uh, I got to. Uh, have an outfit, a little display in a, in a museum. It was pretty neat to go back and see my outfit right beside, you know, Bob Baffert's outfit his, 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 on the red carpet. You know, the dirt, you know, trainer that's won the Derby many times. And so, Kentucky, man, I just it's where I like to go uh, when I'm off the road. It's my family, it's my heritage. Um, I have so many friends and family back home that I, I love to go home and play. I play up there. My biggest fan base is in Kentucky, so. Kentucky's very dear and near to my heart. You know, when I found out the first of the year that I was going to be on the cover of the Kentucky Tourism Guide. And I was blown away. They selected me. I mean, there's so many artists in the state that have had much more success than I have. And there's artists that flood that state that play music. And for them to pick me to represent our great Commonwealth, like I was just, it was one of the, the highlights of my life. You know, it was just a dream come true. And so, you know, that, that's that being, being on the cover of the tourism guide and on the cover, the cover of the Kentucky uh, visitors guide as well is just, man, it's just, it's helped me meet so many fans, you know, people that stop at rest areas in Kentucky that are on 65 or, may stay in a hotel, they're going to see this magazine. And, I've, and I've, it's just grown my fan base, and uh, I've always been grateful for it. And, 
I just love to go back home when I'm off the road and back to the farm. It's the greatest place in the world. Well, we're getting ready to show a Church Pew Barstool music video for all of my viewers out there to finally see it and absorb it and just fall in love with it like I did. What does the future hold for J.D. Shelburne? Well, man, I'm going to continue to tour. You know, I've always been uh, the king of the road. Um, you know, I, I'll always always put out new music. I have a new record that's coming out. I expect 2021 to, to be the, probably the biggest year of my career. 2020 uh, was, was going to be huge. Uh, I lost 73 shows because of COVID. So I'm anticipating 2021 will be geared up to probably be the most busiest year of my career. Over the last three years, man, I've, I've played uh, about 700 shows. It's just been pandemonium craziness on the road, meeting fans and playing songs. And now I have a new record on the horizon. It's about to release. And, uh, you know, we're just geared up. I think all my fans have been sitting inside for six months. So I think they're just as happy as we are. So, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward. I still have a lot more goals to, to achieve. I'm wanting to play the Grand Ole Opry. I've never played the Opry. Uh, you know, so other things I want to achieve, some more mainstream radio success. And uh, just keep building the fan base, man. At the end of the day, I tell people, you can buy Facebook likes. You can buy Spotify streams. You can buy lots of things on the Internet, but you cannot buy real fans. That's right. And I'll continue to tour and meet fans face-to-face -face until the day I die, man. That's, that's what I love to do is make music and meet fans. Well, I think that when you get invited to the Grand Ole Opry, the mother church of country music, I think Church Pew Barstool is going to be the first song you sing. And, you know, I, I told an acquaintance of ours, uh, Scott, I told him, I said, look, this song is going to be one of the biggest songs coming in 2021. And J.D. Shelburne is going to be one of the biggest country stars we've seen in a long time that just Ha that just has everything. So I'm going to compliment you of being the, like Simon Cowell would say, being the full package. You got it all, man. You got it all. Thanks. And so, ladies and gentlemen, with, without further ado, let's play and show you J.D. Shelburne's new hit single, Church Pew Barstool. God's got a lot of strikes against me I don't always make it to church on Sunday Been known to use four-letter words And too often I forget to pray unless I'm in trouble I like my whiskey strong and double I spend a lot of nights sitting on this church pew bar stool, listening to the sinners in the pool, talking about their broken hearts. Cause in here you come as you are, can't help but think the man upstairs is cool. Who with me on this church pew bar stool?
Remember to catch every episode of Life-Changing Wellness. Just hit subscribe on iTunes or on Spotify. And if I can ask you to do me a little favor, please take 30 seconds and rate the show on iTunes. Thank you for doing that for me as we want to bring you the best show possible. Just look up Dr. Bond's Life-Changing Wellness on any streaming service. And you can learn more about me at drwardbond.com. So thank you for listening to Life-Changing Wellness. And remember, something spectacular happens when you treat your body right. Have a blessed day, everyone.